Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I almost went to bed at 6.30 p.m. tonight, but I decided to stay up. <laughs> I decided to stay up late. Now it's 8 p.m., and I feel like going to bed. Um, I'm a little depressed. Uh, I have some OCD and anxiety, and but I'm doing pretty well because I just had popcorn for dinner, and I painted today. I got up. Let's see. Today was Saturday, and I got up, and I was going to do creative writing, but I didn't realize that the people canceled, uh, these two friends of mine, I think they didn't, they didn't show up. Um, either they were late and I just left. So maybe I missed them or maybe they weren't going to come, but I didn't think I wanted to go anyway. I, uh, today in Seattle was the women's march, which is great, but I just, I didn't want to march. It just feels like this us versus them type of energy. And I'm all for the whole, uh, equality for women, uh, and speaking up for your rights and getting equal pay and speaking out against harassment. Uh, but I also see the flip side, which is that sometimes men are falsely accused of things that they didn't do. And when a man is falsely accused and he didn't do it and everyone believes that he did, that pretty much screws up his reputation and his job and it's humiliating to him and then everyone thinks he's a bad guy. Um, but I know that usually when people are accused, there's probably some truth to it, if not full truth. Uh, but I, but I've seen both. I've seen, I've seen in my own personal life, I have witnessed people being falsely accused. I've actually been falsely accused of things that I didn't do. Um, not sexual harassment, but other things that I don't even want to talk about. But people have, uh, you know, I have haters online who have spread gossip about me. And I have done some negative things in my life. And some of the negative things people have said about me are true online, but a lot of them aren't, or they're exaggerated, or they're taken out of context, or misunderstood. But so that's why I'm sensitive to people wondering if somebody's accused of something wondering is this a false accusation or is this the is the true victim the person being accused because it's a lie or is the true victim the person who is saying hey this person harassed me whether it's a male or a female so i'm always wanting to know what the truth is not to spread gossip about people that may or may not be true so i have a sensitivity about that and I, I generally don't like to march in things. I think Mother Teresa said she would march for peace, but not against war. And I think I agree with that. But I know that the Women's March today was supposed to be a positive march. And so I guess I didn't even want to march in that. I was just not in the mood to be with a bunch of people and loud in the streets. And, of course, it was raining here in Seattle today. Not sunny. Um and I just didn't want to. And the photojournalist in me didn't even want to go run around and take pictures. So, because I've done that before, taken photos of events and had them published online. <sighs> Political rallies and all that. I've had that a couple times, um, published things online, which is cool, but no, not today. So I, I just felt like this negative, like us versus them, just in my own head. Like the people marching seemed very positive that I saw uh, holding up their signs and marching in a positive way. But my own personal, my feelings were negative. And so I felt like this us versus them irritation. Like if you fight against corruption in the world, it fights back because it doesn't want to give up its power. I know that wealthy people are afraid of being poor and they don't want to give up their money. And poor people, I don't think are afraid of being wealthy, but poor people are afraid of, of staying poor 
and and ending up homeless, I guess. So I guess most of us are afraid of scarcity, including me. I'm also really upset about to hear that Tom Petty died of a accidental drug overdose. And of course, there's a lot of people online saying a bunch of negative things, like he was a total drug addict. Uh, I've read some of the biographies about him, where apparently in the 90s he had a heroin addiction, but he didn't realize it because he was sort of self-medicating with heroin just a little bit. Then he realized he needed it every day, and then he wasn't telling anybody. It was a total secret, even from his girlfriend and his bandmates. And he finally confided in his therapist, I guess, that he realized that he's probably an addict because he was... Uh, trying to not use on a day and he couldn't he couldn't get through a day so um, to be continued so more about Tom Petty uh, Tom Petty widens my jetty and I'd like to say there's a mud crutch song by Tom Petty that's called I forgive it all beautiful video with Anthony Hopkins in it about uh, visuals are skid row in, in Los Angeles um, Sad to see how many homeless people there are in the United States right now. This poverty is skyrocketing, and wealth is also skyrocketing, it seems. But uh, the Tom Petty song, I Forgive It All, it's his band, Mud Crutch. Uh, he says, I forgive it all. And one of my poems is, um, Release and let go, feel the melancholy glow. Anger takes its toll, blowing status quo. So I... um you know, let go, let go, feel the melancholy glow. Anger takes its toll, blowing status quo. Because I, I was thinking about uh, Tom Petty and how sad I am that he passed away. And to know that he tragically, he didn't just have a sudden cardiac arrest. He had a, his body had a reaction to the medications that he was prescribed. And in the 90s, he had a heroin addiction. He was really depressed and sad because his high school sweetheart and him, who had like a 20-year marriage, were finally actually divorcing after almost breaking up many, many times. And they finally did break up, and he was, like, really weirded out and depressed about it, uh, living in a shack somewhere in the Pacific Palisades or something, and it, he called it the chicken shack or something. So um, <laughs> I guess he was living in kind of a strange, uh, funky little apartment or house or something. I don't know. But um, he was doing heroin to make himself feel more okay and apparently he was just doing a little bit so he thought it wasn't a big deal and then he realized that he couldn't get through a day without having some so he confided in his therapist and to make a long story short his then girlfriend who became his second wife helped him get off the heroin they they checked him into a special clinic somewhere and they for 48 hours they actually sedated him put him under and got the opiates out of his body in some kind of intense detox kind of way. And they got the, yeah, they got that stuff out of his body. And then they had to give him uh, a special, I don't know, he said every day or every week, uh, somebody had to come to his house and, and do, give him something that would make his body not want opiates or reject opiates. It's very strange. So I don't understand how it works. I have never done heroin. I'm afraid of drugs. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. 
Tom Petty had emphysema from f- heavily heavily smoking for 50 years. He also smoked a lot of marijuana. I don't even smoke marijuana. I love the music of Tom Petty, and I always will, and I always have, since I was 11 years old and I heard Refugee on a jukebox in a pizza parlor, and I ran over to the jukebox, and I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Literally, I said that out loud. I could not contain myself. And it was love at first listen, and before I even knew what he looked like, and then I was I saw what he looked like, and I was like, oh my God, he's one of the most handsome men that I've ever seen in my life. You know, he looks like the little boys I used to chase around the playground as a little girl in San Diego, and he grew up into an adult. And I was 11 thinking, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to date somebody like Tom Petty, but that didn't really manifest. But um, I did date a guy once that looked kind of like Neil Young and reminded me of Neil Young on some level. And another guy that was kind of like a Bob Dylan-ish kind of guy, but whatever, never mind. That's none of, that's, that doesn't matter. Uh, my point is Tom Petty dying from a drug overdose. It was, um, I read about all the different things in his bloodstream and it's just really sad that somebody in a lot of pain because he had a fractured hip and he had emphysema and he had anxiety and depression and he was having a hard time sleeping apparently. So they had him on a sleep medication, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, and they had him on two or three opiate painkillers. And I'm thinking that's very dangerous for somebody that was addicted to heroin 25 years ago or 20 years ago. He was addicted to heroin, truly, and it was dangerous. And some doctor prescribed him these three medications that you know, if you take too much of those, the same thing that killed Prince, it's used for anesthesia. If you take too much of some of these opiate medications, it makes you feel really good and it slows your heart down and it slows your breathing down to the point where you die. So I can I can see how easy it would be if you're in a lot of pain because your hip is fractured and you're, you know, yeah, you accidentally take a larger dose and you feel good and then you just fall asleep and die. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kring in Seattle, and I want to do part two of Tom Petty's death from prescription medications, accidental overdose. Apparently, on the day that he passed away, October 2nd or October 1st, I don't know which it happened, some in the evening, um, and then he was taken to the hospital and put on life support, and then they pulled the plug eventually when they, when the, the whole family decided together, very sad that his brain was really not alive anymore, not really functioning anymore. He was just on a breathing machine. So that's really, really sad because he had such an amazing mind. Uh, really sad that he passed away. I'm going to cry again. Okay, so... Uh, ever since I was 11, I've loved the music of Tom Petty, and little did I know when I was 11 that he would go on to make, you know, record after record after record of great music with Mud Crutch and the Traveling Wilburys and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Tom Petty Solo. So many songs he's written, it's unbelievable. And a lot of my favorite songs of his are not the hits, they're the more obscure songs. So like Magnolia and The Face in the Crowd and Turn This Car Around and Pirate's Cove and Beautiful Blue and... Oh, I forgot the names of some of the songs, but I listened to the records and the whole album, Highway Companion and Mojo and Hypnotic Eye and The Last DJ and Echo, Rhino Skin, all kinds of good songs. Uh, beautiful, beautiful artist Tom Petty was. And um, 
Tom Petty widens my jetty, I'll just say. I mean, he turns me on uh, uh, sexually, but also he turns me on mentally, physically, emotionally. He was a sensitive, emotional man in touch with his feelings. He was very masculine, yet kind of feminine. He was just a very whole, alive person, electric, full of, like Bob Dylan said, he was full of light or full of the light. Very, very good description. So he was an inspired person, totally driven to do music. I'm so sad. He had a fractured hip, which turned into a break. And I guess the day that he died, his family said his doctor told him, you know, Tom, your 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 hip is now a, a full-on break. It's not just a fracture, it's a break, and you really probably need a hip replacement. And he was in a lot of pain. I guess the pain was getting worse. And so his family said they think what happened was he he took a larger dose. He had these patches. I forgot what they're called, but I think it's the same thing that killed Prince. And there's these patches you can put on your skin that help you not feel as much pain if you have chronic pain with some injury. And he had a broken hip, so he was in a lot of pain. And he was 66. And he also had emphysema. So I imagine his oxygen levels were not as good as a, you know, not as good as a healthy person. So he wasn't even getting as much, as much oxygen in his lungs. So he was kind of fragile at that point in his immune system. So he took more of that painkiller than he normally did, and it was enough to stop his heart, apparently. Or it says in the article he had multi-organ failure, which is really scary. I, I guess that means his liver, his kidneys, his heart, his lungs different parts of his body were just shutting down. And I imagine it's actually a pleasant way to die. So he probably didn't feel pain, aside from his hip pain. Uh, when he took the pain medications, it made him probably feel happy or blissful or, you know, more, you know, that that's what makes it sound scary. I mean, one time I had morphine. I had surgery. I had breast reduction surgery in 1993. And I don't like drugs. I'm afraid of drugs. I don't even like to be drunk or stoned. But I had morphine in the hospital, and I woke up, and I thought I was just happy. And the nurse said, ah, we just gave you some morphine. And I'm like, what? I'm not on drugs. This just feels natural. I'm just happy. You know, and I felt like I loved everybody, and I just felt like at one point I threw up. And I'm like, oh, I threw up. That's cool. You know, oh, I have a catheter. Oh, that's cool. I'm peeing into a catheter. This is great. You know, like I thought everything was great. So... And I, I remember I felt a little bit of pain from the surgery. I had breast reduction surgery, and it was painful recovery. And I remember I was on morphine, and I thought, oh, I hurt. Oh, that's fine. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. I have metal staples in my breasts. Oh, it hurts. And I was, th I was thinking that it was interesting that I was in pain instead of that, that it was horrible that I was in pain. So it's a dangerous drug. Um, I guess Tom wasn't on morphine. He was on something supposedly that's 15 times stronger than morphine, which is hard to imagine. So I imagine... If you're in pain because your hip is broken and you take extra doses of your medication, that could be very dangerous because it might make you feel really good. You're like, oh, I feel so much better now. And then you get carried away with thinking you're going to feel even better. And then your heart stops because you get, you know, your, your body just shuts down. That's really scary. Hi, so this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. So my main point about the Tom Petty thing was that it's really sad that he passed away and... Um, I like what his family said on the official website statement about how they're happy to know that he probably wasn't in pain when he passed away because they didn't know. They didn't know they had all those different medications in his bloodstream and that that's why he died. They didn't really know that. <clears throat> so they found out from the medical examiner. And they're saying they're they're happy he probably wasn't in pain when he died. 
Because if he had just had cardiac arrest, it might have been painful. But since he just took a little too much medication, he probably just sort of fell asleep and then never woke up. So that's kind of a peaceful way to pass away, I guess. Uh, I was just looking forward to more music, and I, you know, almost wish that he would have canceled the last tour and gotten and gotten a hip replacement, and tried to taper off some of his medications and tried to just get healthier because he had emphysema. But that's none of my business, and he made the choices that he made, and he was kind of a stubborn, rebellious person, so he chose. But I love his music so much, and he seemed like a really great, sensitive, interesting human being. And he was very strong because he had kind of an abusive childhood. His father was abusive to him, and his mother was um, a, apparently a very sweet lady, but she was very ill, and she ended up dying of brain cancer when he was in his 30s, and I guess she was in bed a lot of the time when he was a kid. So his mom was sweet but very sick physically, and his dad was kind of mean, macho guy, wanted him to hunt and fish and didn't want him to be an artist. So there it is. So. It's amazing. He created an amazing career and he had two very long marriages with two very interesting women. Uh, they seem like really interesting, smart women and his high school sweetheart and then a face in the crowd that he met in the audience, this magical woman named Dana. So he had two amazing long marriages. He had an amazing band and amazing musician friends and just what an amazing life he had. Uh, but I will say that I am sad that people are, um, judging or gossiping or stigmatizing. See, I don't I don't like personally, I don't like drugs. I'm very afraid of drugs and they're just not for me. But I don't judge people that are drug addicts. I don't and he he was a, an addict of heroin in the 90s and then he went he got off of it and it was very hard and he tried to quit smoking and apparently he just couldn't he couldn't quit. And he wanted to but he just couldn't do it and he smoked, you know, pretty heavily for 50 years. So he had emphysema and what was I going to say? I think it's scary that a doctor would prescribe somebody so many different medications that in the past was a heroin addict because that's really scary because then you know, oh, their body likes opiates. Oh, their body really likes opiates. So they're going to remember what that feels like and it might, you know, they might get carried away with it. And sure enough, he did get carried away with it because he had such pain with his hip. His hip was broken. So... I would think his family says they wish they they hope that this can spark some discussion about this serious issue of when somebody has chronic pain and they're prescribed medications from doctors, you can easily get carried away and there could be accidental overdoses. So, and your heart can stop and your organs can shut down because the thing that he died from, I guess the same thing that Prince died from, is used in anesthesiology, literally to put people to sleep when they're going to have surgery. So it's a really intense drug or drugs, different kinds of drugs. I don't know anything about, I forgot the names. I wrote them all down, but there were several different things in his bloodstream. So it, I agree with his family. This would be a nice opportunity instead of gossiping about him or judging his doctor or judging him, Tom Petty. Uh, for being addicted or for whatever you want to judge him for, to talk about the the real problem of being um, of of opiates and how addictive they are and how you can they make you feel good and then you don't realize that it's harming you because it makes you feel good. So that's a little scary that you think something is helping you and it actually is hurting you. So that is. That is a frightening thing for me. So I, again, I don't, I had morphine once because I had surgery in the hospital 
And I remember thinking, wow, this is a dangerous drug because it, it felt like I wasn't drugged. You know, one time the dentist gave me Valium and I hated it. The dentist, I was afraid of the dentist. And he's like, well, here, take a Valium and then take another Valium. You know, he said, take one the night before and then take one the night of. And I felt even more afraid of the dentist. And the dentist was like, oh, nobody's ever had this response to Valium before. So I felt more afraid of the dentist. Like my body felt drugged, but my brain felt scared. So I don't like drugs, but morphine is a whole nother ball game there. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. Today I painted and I have a show I'm going to hang in Seattle. It opens on February 2nd, which is a Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. in Fremont at a place called artfx.net is their website. So A-R-T-F-X dot N-E-T. So artifacts.net in Fremont in Seattle for my Seattle friends if anybody's listening I don't really know who listens to these so if you're listening to me thank you so much for listening I have a podcast slash radio show where I do my own unique music and poetry and spoken word and, and random monologues when I feel like it it's called Goddess Kring because I had a public access TV show for 15 years called Goddess Kring and, oh, it's every Thursday on Hollow Earth Radio here in Seattle, Pacific Standard Time, 3 to 4 p.m. I also archive it permanently on Mixcloud, Goddess Kring Mixcloud, G-O-D-D-E-S-S-K-R-I-N-G, Goddess Kring. So that's a nickname I gave myself because my name is Shannon Kringen, and Kringen is a Norwegian name, and Goddess Kring, I just made it up. So... A lot of people think when I say goddess, I mean worship me on a pedestal, I'm a goddess, bow down to me, that's not what I mean. What I mean by goddess is we are all gods and goddesses, we are God, nature, God, science, it's all the same. I'm not religious, I'm very spiritual, but I'm not religious. So to me, nature and God and science are all the same, and God is not a man or a woman in the sky that's superior and judges us. Man, God, to me, God is God us, God us, us, God us, so so men and women are all gods and goddesses, and we are, you know, sacred just along with the earth. And so we are. And I don't think it's blasphemous to say that because I feel like if you say, oh, well, I'm only human, I'm not a god, I'm just human, then that means you have a good excuse for being, you know, screwed up and making mistakes. Whereas, I mean, it's good to forgive yourself when you screw up, but the thing is, if we hold ourselves to a higher standard that we are gods and goddesses, we are one with the universe, we are, you know, we have the potential to be Christ-like or to be, you know, pure, unconditional love, then that's a good thing. So that's partly why I call myself Goddess Kring, because I'm trying to remind myself the namaste. You know, namaste is the Indian greeting, which means the, the sacred in me greets the sacred in you. In other words, that invisible force which connects us all um, is acknowledged. And so it's like a spiritual greeting. It's it's kind of a nice heart and soul kind of greeting. So namaste. So when I say uh, goddess kring, what I mean is namaste. I am, you know, namaste, whatever. So we're all connected. We're all one. So on some level, even if we don't think we are, I mean, I don't really know how to have compassion and empathy for Donald Trump. I'm trying. I don't know what it's like to be him. I just don't understand him. I don't get it. So I don't understand extremely wealthy people who have a tough love attitude towards um, those less fortunate. So it's just freaking me out a little bit. 
Okay, so back to me. I painted today, and I have a show of my art, and I'm happy about that, and it's going to be for sale, and there's going to be abstract paintings, and I mostly do photography, but this art gallery wanted my abstract paintings. They didn't really want my photography, so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll show my abstract paintings and drawings, and I do acrylic paintings, and I've done printmaking and silk screening. And I have some of my stuff printed onto board as well as hand-painted stuff. And I used to paint shoes, but I haven't done that in a while. And, and for like 25 or 30 years, I painted shoes, but I stopped doing that recently or three years ago or something. And I'm 49 right now, and it's really freaking me out that I'm going to be 50 in October of 2018. I will be 50 years old. And again, I'm really sad that Tom Petty is has passed away and rest in peace Tom Petty you were a beautiful soul thank you for all the music and the beauty that you created on this planet <sighs> may his soul rest in peace and I'm trying to let go let go feel the melancholy glow anger takes its toll blowing status quo that's part of one of my poems I do a thing called Kringspeak, and I love to share and create, so thank you whoever's listening. I forgot what else I was going to say. I'm going to keep doing my radio show every week. I'm going to keep modeling for art art, uh, art classes, and I work with medical students where I pretend to be a patient, and I act out symptoms, and I play a role, and I really like that work that I do. Thank you for listening. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kring in Seattle, and I'm sitting in my bathtub crying, uh, but I'm okay. I had a um, um, roller coaster day. I um, um, modeled for two different art classes, and that was fine. That went really well, uh, but I got a parking ticket, and um, I never get parking tickets because I'm so obsessed with following the rules to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but today, <laughs> I got a parking ticket because I didn't do it the right way. I paid $15 to park, and I usually would never do that, but I got offered a modeling job. See, this is what happened. I got offered a modeling job, and then that ended up getting canceled, but they're going to pay me anyway because they canceled on such short notice, which is really nice of them um, because I said that I would... Uh, pay park so that I could get to the job on time because uh, usually what I would do is ride my bicycle to avoid having to pay to park because I needed six hours. I was there for six hours. So it's a long story. So basically the bus walking um, parking for free 25 or 30 minutes away, which is what I normally do, but that's only good for four hours, wouldn't work. Riding my bicycle wouldn't work to get to the third modeling job, which ended up being canceled anyway. So it's very confusing and complicated. And I asked three different people how to pay for the parking, because I'd never done it before in this particular parking lot. And I did it wrong. I went to the parking kiosk. I paid $15.00. And I put it on my dashboard, thinking that I did it right. And apparently, I paid to park in a different parking lot, and it's not clearly marked. So I'm going to go, and it might fail, but I'm going to stand up for myself and talk to the parking people tomorrow when I feel more calm. Uh, they're closed now anyway. Um, so basically, and then I got really upset 
and a security um, guard uh, saw me and was alarmed by my behavior because I was crying and angry. And he's like, excuse me, ma'am, what's going on here? And which is fine. I said, I'm sorry, I'm overreacting. I'm acting crazy because I'm really mad I got this parking ticket. So he, he looked at my ID and everything is fine because I don't, you know, my ID is fine. He checked it. Everything checked out. He's like, okay, everything's fine. Um, he just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like a dangerous, crazy, violent person, which I'm not. But I tend to overreact when I get a parking ticket or or some like weird thing out of my control like Christmas Eve my car battery died and I had to get my car jump started and then I had to drive in a snowstorm and then New Year's Eve 2017 was a strange year Tom Petty died I love Tom Petty's music and rest in peace Tom Petty ever since I was 11 and now I'm 49 so most of my life I've been really into having Tom Petty uh, release new music and now he's no longer with us and my favorite music of his is his newer music so Tom Petty died um, New Year's Eve there was a snowstorm that I had to drive in because of the circumstances I was in made it so that I had to drive home in the snow which I didn't realize was going to happen um, Christmas Eve the same thing happened I was feeding my dad's cat and then my car battery died um, and then thankfully the the um, tow truck guy came and uh, jump started my car and the battery worked enough and I ended up having to get a new battery because it was like about 80% gone at that point didn't know that it was like a, a nine-year-old battery in my car so I have a new battery now everything's fine but that was just a strange like beginning and end of 2017 and then you know Donald Trump is our president which is hard for me to even believe I just am not a huge fan of his at all to say the least don't agree with his policies um, I want Bernie Sanders to be my president single-payer health care um, income inequality acknowledged and something to be done about the extreme wealth and extreme poverty in this country is out of control but um, getting the parking ticket just triggered me into thinking about fear of scarcity but you know what's funny is that basically if I have to pay the ticket it's fifty dollars plus fifteen that I already paid so that's sixty five dollars that I would have to pay which is insane uh, for parking for six hours um, but the modeling job tonight they're going to pay me anyway because it got canceled, so that's $60. So really, I'm only paying $5 to park. When you think about that, I'm getting $60 for not working um, because they canceled on me short notice. Um, and so I'm really only paying $5 to park, which is funny because that's how much I think it should cost to park all day, $5. So that's kind of like it balanced out. So this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. This is part two of my balanced out roller coaster post. So today was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I, to make a long story short, I would usually never pay $15 to park. Uh, usually five or six bucks is the most that I'm willing to pay. Uh, but I'm willing to walk uh, up to 30 minutes to get free parking and a lot of times I do that. I know some of the neighborhoods in Seattle where there's free all day street parking uh, way up in the residential areas on certain streets, only a few streets, and I'm willing to walk 30 or 40 minutes to where I'm going so that I can get free parking and not worry about getting a ticket or paying, and I can just walk around and do what I need to do and then walk back to my car. It's really good exercise, and it gives me a feeling of not letting the system financially drain me because I am a low-income person, and, and yet I live kind of middle class because my lifestyle is so cheap that um, how much I make versus how much I spend, the ratio is pretty good because I live really, really cheap. So I can live on a pretty low income. 
Uh, I work really hard. I'm not lazy, but I uh, don't know how to make tons of money, and I don't want to chase after money the way a lot of Americans do, although I am kind of obsessed with sitting with my calculator and adding things up. I have a lot of anxiety, and this year Tom Petty passed away, and New Year's Eve started off with a snowstorm that I drove in, and it was scary, but I did really well in my little car on the freeway. And then Christmas Eve, I drove in a slippery snowstorm, very strange freak Christmas Eve snowstorm, and I was by myself, and I had a cough, and a long story, but I made it home safe. That's amazing. And today, I overreacted when I got a parking ticket, and I was crying and screaming and very angry and feeling really cynical about capitalism and, like, $50. I mean, like, if I was king of the parking world... Um, I would probably give somebody a warning the first time they screwed up on the parking. Or I would, if I was going to give somebody a ticket, it wouldn't be $50. Because I paid for the parking, and you could see that on my dashboard was a parking pass, which I thought was the correct kind. So my penalty for doing that would be to just give them another $15 ticket so that they can take that $15 and pay it to the right parking lot category. And so I would have paid 30 double, basically, instead of 65 $50 ticket plus $15. So tomorrow I'm going to go to the parking place and I'm going to complain and very politely tell them why I think it's not fair and explain to them, blah, blah, blah. And they might just say, well, those are the rules. We have to stick with the rules. And then I'll say, fine, have a nice day. I'm never going to park here again. That's totally a ripoff to me. And that's like economic terrorism. It's economic terrorism, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so basically I ride my bike and I walk and I park really far away and, and walk. Mostly I ride my bicycle. The other day, actually, I modeled at the same art school for six hours and I was blissfully happy that I rode my bike because there was a traffic jam and construction everywhere and all kinds of like cars were piled up and just sitting there bumper to bumper. And I was on my bicycle and zipped right through and I was able to, to drive my, ride my bicycle all the way up to the art school and lock my bike to the bike rack and it was free. And I got really good exercise, I had endorphin high, and then I modeled for six hours, and then if it was pouring rain, I was going to take the light rail train home for $2.50, which I thought was a good deal. But it wasn't raining, and it was a pleasant evening, and everything just seemed pretty, pretty lights everywhere. So I ended up riding my bike all the way home for free, not having to pay any money, just got some good exercise, even stopped at the natural pet food store on the way home and got my cat some raw frozen meat and some freeze-dried salmon and some pork. And so I feed him special health food from the health food pet store. So basically, I had a really good time Tuesday modeling and riding my bike because that's the only jobs I had that day so I could ride my bike and not worry about, you know, the time constraints. Today, I paid to park because I thought I was going to have to drive to a third gig. And, it, and the only way to get there on time would be to drive a car. It was much faster than the bus. So sadly, the buses in Seattle are not very fast, usually. Uh, there's some good ones. But okay, so long story short, everything balances out. Hey, this is Shannon Kring and Goddess Kring. And this is installment number three for my, what was it? Everything balances out. 
um, roller coaster day. This is the day that I got a parking ticket for $50 that I'm hoping to get erased or at least reduced. But it could be that that will fail. And it could be that I need to just pay it and let it go. But what's ironic or funny or weird or maybe magical, I feel like this whole thing is a lesson for me. Well, for one thing, try not to overreact when something happens that upsets me like this. Um, I'm and like, you know, I need to forgive myself. Um, I was crying and, and, and angry, and I told the security guards, you know, sorry, I'm overreacting, sorry, I'm creating a drama, everything is okay, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, okay, thanks, ma'am. At least I was, like, acting respectful towards them, and I wasn't, like, yelling at them or anything. I was basically just yelling at myself. And I was polite to the woman behind the um, ticket booth counter, asking her how I'm supposed to dispute this parking ticket. Um, so I was polite to those people, but I was very mean to myself, and I screamed, and it hurt my throat. So that's not a good thing. That's, like, self-destructive, and that's a bad temper. Uh, sometimes think I'm kind of passive-aggressive. I'm very, very polite and accommodating and very patient. Being a figure model requires a, requires a great deal of stamina and patience, and you have to sit still for a very long period of time, and even if you're in pain, try to just hold still and do your best and then shake out every once in a while and take breaks and stuff. But mostly you just need to stay still whether you like it or not. And generally I like staring off into space and sort of meditating and daydreaming while they draw and I make money. That's a good thing and I get to be around artists and it's a creative atmosphere with classical music and jazz and all kinds of good music usually. Nice people, very smart, intelligent, creative people. So it's a really good positive atmosphere. But getting that parking ticket really upset me. But the modeling job that I was supposed to do got canceled so that I didn't have to drive there and that's nice but I paid $15 so basically my parking ticket is going to maybe cost me $65 total but I'm getting an extra $60 for not working tonight basically $60 for free so basically I'm only paying $5 to park and I think that's really I mean when you do the math um, technically, it's really, because that's how much I think it should cost. I think it should cost $5 to park all day anywhere. I don't think it should cost more than that because <laughs> maybe they should do sliding scale parking, you know, like rich people have to pay, you know, 50 bucks to park all day, whereas poor people like me only have to pay five bucks or one buck or whatever. I don't know, but I guess that's not going to work. But that's kind of what I wish, that everything was sliding scale, you know. So if you're poor, you only pay a dollar, and if you're rich, you pay 50 bucks or whatever. But whatever. Um, so basically it all balances out. I'm only paying $5 to park at the worst and I need to try to let go and release release everything to its highest good because I've been worrying and obsessing about all kinds of things lately that I don't even want to go into but I'm, I worry so much about my schedule and my commutes and what I'm eating and how I'm sleeping and my exercise and I'm sad that Tom Petty died and my boyfriend and I are still seeing each other but in some ways we're just so different that I just you know we only see each other once or twice a week and I'm grateful to have somebody in my life um, but it's not exactly a perfect, wonderful, like blissful relationship. But I, but part of that is my personality. But I don't know if we're not compatible or it's just I don't know how to make the best out of a situation. I don't know. So I really need to try to figure out how to relax and trust 
that I can be here now and, and let the past go. I need to be in the present moment as much as I can, which means let go of worrying about the past or obsessing about choices I made. Don't beat myself up for the whole parking situation. Like, I don't even know where I was supposed to park. Like, the parking kiosk was right next to where I parked, but apparently that was the wrong place to park. So it's, it's weird. I don't know where the kiosk for that lot is where I parked. Maybe there isn't one. It's for special people who have special permits that I don't know about. So I don't understand the parking situation. So I need to try to forgive myself because it's, I spent hours worrying about it and then I asked three people how do I park in this lot and I did it wrong after all of that I still did it wrong so to me that implies that I screwed up but also that their parking is very confusing thanks for listening hey this is Shannon Kring and Goddess Kring in Seattle I think I had kind of a nervous breakdown last night it's happened many times I'm not not to make light of people who have really serious mental breakdowns what I do is I have mild nervous breakdowns where I become hysterical and I get angry and I cry and I scream um, because I got a parking ticket last night which I found out today they might be nice to me about it I just have to go on a website and write down my story because I parked at a university and the lady said this happens all the time where people pay to park and then they park in the wrong slot and not realize it so it's hard to explain but I basically freaked out last night and overreacted to the point where it really upset my whole nervous system and my arms and legs felt weird today but I was able to get up early and go work with medical students today and I did a really good job so despite my mental health um, concerns and problems and issues I always seem to be able to work with medical and art students because I feel safe when I'm working and making money and I feel secure and so it motivates me to just tough out whatever bad mood I'm in, whatever anxiety and stress and depression I have or OCD or freak out weirdness that I feel I am able to be strong and stoic and control myself and hold hold you know basically repress how I actually feel so that I can do a good job as a model and then I can go home and collapse and so that's what I did and I just read the autopsy results of Tom Petty from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers my favorite songwriter who died October 2nd 2017 may he rest in peace um, I kinda had a feeling that it was something like what they said he was prescribed different pain medications and apparently it triggered his heart to flip out and um, it triggered his multi-organ failure in his body because he was on various pain medications. He had a, a fractured hip which turned into a full-on break because he toured despite having a fractured hip and so he was on painkillers to help him deal with that. And he had knee problems and he had emphysema from smoking for many decades and he had I guess a clogged artery in his heart or something and so it's really sad that he had certain health issues and he just wanted to tour anyway so I will say that you know a lot of people think of Tom Petty as a hero because of his song lyrics and that's true his song lyrics are like all about heroes and, and wonderful characters and the reality of Tom Petty himself the man is that he was a heavy smoker and he made some choices that I personally wouldn't agree with and I'm sad that doctors prescribe so many pain medications 
especially to someone who has a heart condition and emphysema and a fractured hip, it just seems like a very dangerous thing to do. I know Prince and Heath Ledger were also famous people who died of overdoses. And a lot of what they were taking were prescription, you know, over-the-counter. And Michael Jackson, too. So lots of people who have taken various medications who that are really hard on their bodies. And there's also over-the-counter stuff. So I personally don't like to smoke. or I don't even drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke marijuana. I don't like drugs. So I'm a little weirded out. I love the music of Tom Petty. I think he's an, he was an amazing person in many ways. I'm sad, though, about the choices he made with his health. And I wish that they had just canceled the last tour and he had gotten his hip replaced and maybe worked better with his doctors to take him off some of those pain medications because that was really hard on his his organs, his liver, his kidneys, his his heart, his lungs, his whatever it was that harmed him. It made his brain die because his oxygen, he stopped breathing and then his brain was deprived of oxygen and he basically, you know, was brain dead at that point. Even though his heart was still sort of beating, his brain didn't get enough oxygen so he basically died. And I'm really, really sad um, and I look at somebody like Mick Jagger, who's extremely healthy and fit, and I don't think he's probably not on a lot of drugs or pain meds, and he gets a lot of cardiovascular exercise, and I don't think Mick Jagger smokes. So Mick Jagger is somebody who's, you know, in his upper 70s, I think, or mid-70s, and he's very fit. My dad is 74, extremely fit, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, exercises. So proof that you can really live a long time if you take good care of your body. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I just wanted to say goodnight to everybody. I'm going to sleep, and today I rode my bike around, and I got to do a music survey uh, focus group. I don't know what you call it. Um, they had us listen to parts of 700 different songs, and we had to scale them and rate them in a certain way, and they're using it for radio research. So I've never done that before, so that was really interesting. And I model tomorrow for a couple art classes. And I clean my apartment today and I'm getting my show ready to hang some paintings. And my podcast is on every, or my radio show is on every Thursday. And I'm watching Doctor Who and dozing off. And I was in a really bad mood and now I'm feeling much better. I'm really sad that the lead singer of the Cranberries has passed away. Um, apparently she was bipolar, and I don't know if her death is a suicide, but she was only 46, so it seems likely that it might be something like that. But very, very sad, and she had such a unique voice, and may she rest in peace. And life is a gift, and today also my... Um, grandma's sister passed away she was 102 uh, she was born in 1916 I didn't know her very well I have fond memories of her as a kid she taught me um, she was a school teacher and she used to babysit me and she taught me how my great-grandfather taught me how to count money her father and she taught me how to what did she teach me how to do oh we did a book together I did the illustrations and her and I both wrote a story and then we made up our own board game, I think, because I thought regular board games were boring. And I thought, well, let's just make up our own game. Aunt, her name was Aunt Jane. So, hey, Aunt Jane. And 
So that was fun. But she was 102, and her father, my great-grandfather, lived to 103. And I forgot who else in my family. I've had, There's like at least, at least three people on my mom's side that have lived to 100, over 100, which is amazing. If I live to 102, it'll be 2070 when I pass away. That would be pretty amazing. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye.